Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands. Come on, has anybody been set free? Is there anybody that can testify that Jesus has made you free? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody ought to give him a shout of praise on a Wednesday night. Ought to give him the highest praise. I'm free, and I know that I'm free. Is anybody on their way to heaven? Is anybody on their way to heaven? Is anybody on their way to heaven? You ought to give him praise tonight. Praise God, praise God. It feels good in the house of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, it works. Hallelujah, praise God. Amen, thank you for, amen, singing and worshiping, worship leading Elder Johnson. That was good, amen. Thankful for that. I, I preached in a few churches, so I did get an opportunity to, to know those songs. Uh, not all of them, but I did get preached in a few churches, and I got a chance to become acquainted with them. I'll never forget the first time I ever saw a songbook. I was asked to preach at a church in Canada, and, uh, and I showed up, and they handed me a book. <laughs> and I read it like a normal book. <laughs> And everybody else was singing, skipping lines, and I thought, this makes no sense to me. Amen. But finally, a good old saint came by and said, you're reading it wrong. And I'm thankful, amen, the times that I maybe I read it wrong. Amen. God sent somebody that by to help me out. Amen. Praise God. How many's glad to be in church tonight? I'm very excited to be in church tonight. I want to say thank you to all uh, those that just didn't, you know, some people say, you know, they held down the fort. I don't like that because holding down the fort means there was no progress. It just means we just held on until Jesus came. No, I, I want to say there was some progress made this last few weeks in the Holy Ghost. And I'm grateful for each and every saint of God that was anointed of God that came, prayed up, amen, ready to have revival and pushing the kingdom of God forward. It, might have, it may not have seemed like a whole much, but amen, there's something about when you bring something to the potluck, something about picking up chairs and cleaning off tables, and amen, all those, Brother Diaz cooking the, cooking the chicken, and uh, Sister Machado helping also set up and orchestrate, and the Whirlies helping set up and tear down, and many others. If I forgot your name, please forgive me. I'm not doing it intentionally, but what I'm saying tonight is it, it takes a team. Amen. We are the body of Christ. And when the body is in unity and the body works together, there's nothing more beautiful than a church that is operating and working, letting Jesus be the head of their life. Amen. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, and then we're going to be going to the book of Acts chapter 20. I thought it would be very fitting on our gospel night worship night and uh, to preach a, an old time gospel message somebody said well I think it was Brother Worley said isn't every message an old time gospel message and I said well maybe uh, but sometimes it comes forth uh, just just it's 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 mixed in amen it's a it's a whole tapestry but I want to spend tonight and I just want to I just want to focus on one thread tonight amen Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. 
For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations or lifestyle received by the tradition of your fathers. How many knows you were not redeemed by being religious? Anybody know that? You were not redeemed because of who your mother and father was. In fact, the opposite is true. We are all children of Adam and Eve. We were not redeemed by corruptible things as far as uh, the bloodline of our parents, the, the, the way that we lived or did not live, not by the religion or tradition of our fathers or our, our, our heritage, amen, but the Bible says that we were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. I got to say that again. We were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. It wasn't gold, it wasn't silver, it wasn't my last name, it wasn't amen what I did or did not do, but it was the precious blood of Christ that saved our souls. Somebody said amen. Skipping over back to the book of Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. The Bible says, take heed therefore unto yourselves. Speaking to the preacher. And to all the flock. Speaking to the church. Over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To feed the church of God. Which he has purchased with his own blood. And what kind of blood was it? It was precious blood. And whose blood was it? It was the blood of Jesus. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject here tonight. The precious blood of Christ. Would you set down your Bibles as we pray? Come on, let's pray all across the building. God, it was the precious blood that you shed on Calvary. That is the formula for the church's salvation and the reason that we stand in freedom and we stand in liberty today. It was your precious blood, God, that purchased and ransomed your church and your people. And tonight, God, I pray that you would rebaptize us in the blood. I pray that you would rebaptize us with a revelation of what the blood did for us, God. I pray that that blood would flow, uh, amen, on every heart, uh, on every mind here tonight in the precious name of Jesus. And somebody said amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments today. Amen. The precious blood of Christ. It is, if we are to be honest here tonight, it is an awkward subject to discuss the concept of blood, especially in our modern society where we have sterilized everything to do with blood, cuts, and guts. Amen. We... Uh, have people maybe even in the building, 
I don't want to offend you or hurt you today. I know some people that at the very sight of blood or thought of it, they get queasy. And I don't want to make anybody sick here tonight. I want to make you saved. Amen. But modern day society would see us in the church, and some even do see us in the church, as being barbarians and pagans. When we were, if we were to start, as I'm going to do tonight, to talk about blood in church. Amen. This is why many churches don't talk about blood. They'd rather talk about blessings than to talk about blood. They'd rather talk about the devil than talk about blood. They'd rather talk about trials than talk about blood. But I want to remind us here today that it wasn't blessings that saved you and I. It wasn't the lack of, amen, of a devil's attack that saved us here tonight. It was not, amen, anything external but save the blood of Jesus that saved us in the house of God. Somebody give you God praise here today. I think it's important that we never forget to talk about it because, uh, amen, more than just the symbolism of the Old Testament, blood was a reality. Amen, if we were to sacrifice an animal today, we'd probably have PETA and all sorts of people come in and shut our church down. Amen, I have a friend that uh, pastors at church, and, and he, he thought that there was a coyote attacking his cattle, and so he shot it, and uh, it turns out it was somebody's dog, and, and they, they, they blasted it on the Internet and blasted it on the news, and all of a sudden he lives in rural Montana, and, and, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden he had, he had 30 or 40 uh, Activists, amen, hanging outside of his church and outside of his house, uh, trying to say he was—he didn't mean anything by it. He wasn't intending on it. But imagine for a moment if we could take ourselves and step back into the Old Testament, amen, because this concept of blood is one of the central doctrines in the Bible. We find that God chose to make his covenant with Abraham with circumcision. Circumcision was a blood covenant. It was a blood covenant of father and son. Amen. We, we learn through life, through science, and even through the Bible, amen, that God ordained uh, that marriage itself, not to get into the details, was in fact to be a blood covenant between husband and between wife. And then we find uh, that the New Testament is a blood covenant when Jesus said, this is my blood uh, of the New Testament or the new covenant uh, which I'm making for you. Uh, this is for the atonement uh, of the world. Uh, and God was making a blood covenant uh, between himself uh, and his church. Uh, I've come to remind us here today that we were not redeemed with corruptible things uh, as silver or gold, but we were redeemed uh, by a blood covenant uh, that... It didn't come uh, any other way, but it came through the blood of Jesus. It came through the blood that he shed on Calvary uh, for you and I. Somebody ought to give God a shout of praise. The act of redemption was not a clean cookie-cutter event. The act of salvation, amen, it was messy. The act of salvation was not a sterilized environment. It was a bloody environment. The cross he carried is not bling that we wear, but it was an instrument of torture. That crown of thorns, it was not to make him look cute, but that crown of thorns was so that the blood could run down his brow. 
Those nails, they were not purified and they were not sterilized, but they were rusty and they drove through his hands and through his feet. And that spear was not intended to wake him up, but that spear was intended to finish him off. And when they stabbed Jesus in the side, I want to tell you what came out, blood and water. Can I preach to some moms in the house of God? That's just like birth. Before your child's born, your water's got to break, and there's a lot of blood. And Jesus was saying that upon my death, when he cried out and said, it is finished, he was birthing his church, and it was not a church, amen, that just accepts him as their Lord and Savior, but it's a church that can say, I've been washed in the blood, I've been bought by the blood, and had it not been for the blood of Jesus, we would not be saved today. Somebody ought to give him praise. Talk about the blood for a moment. Man, some people wonder why there had to be blood. Was there any other option? Man disobeyed God, and God's law was pretty clear about it. When you disobey, there's going to be death. Amen. If you disobey me and you eat of the tree of the knowledge of the fruit of the knowledge of, tr- of the tree of good and evil, amen, that you're surely going to die. There is going to be a penalty. There is going to be death. Amen. Adam's demise at this moment when he disobeyed was assured. There was a, 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 if we could put it in these terms, it seemed as if there was a divine crisis because God told man in his own word, a God, the Bible says, in whom there is no variableness, there's no shadow of turning, a God that is immutable, which means he does not mutate, he does not change. And the Bible says it's impossible that God should lie. And if God said disobedience, equals death. God's not going to change his word or change his mind. There had to be death. How could God now save man in whom disobeyed his word? How could God? Amen. There's a crisis here. And I want to tell you that every person in the building all the way from Adam until now as Romans tells us, for we are all dead in Adam. Simply by being in the bloodline of Adam, you and I have no hope in this world. There is no chance. We are we are automatically born into this world with a death sentence hanging over our life. And God in his mercy and in his love is looking down from heaven how can I save a man or a woman that has disobeyed my very word how could God amen save a man that's disobedience equal death God is truth and he will not contradict his word amen being a holy and just God because God's also balanced being a holy and a just God God knew that man had to be punished if he was to stay just If God was going to stay just, he had to bring forth justice. And yet to balance it out, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. How many is thankful for the mercy of God here tonight? He's just and he's holy. 
And his very word has stated that, that there's going to be death if there's disobedience. And yet on the other side, if you will, God is merciful. And he knew that man had to be forgiven. Amen. If he was going to be saved. But how do you forgive a man that has done wrong against your word? And we balance God out even further. He's just and he's holy. He's merciful. But the Bible also says that God is love. And in that love, God came up with a plan that would both satisfy his justice and his mercy. God came up with a plan that would not contradict his word, but there would be a provision in his word. Amen. That the word said there would be death. Amen. And God said if there's got to be death, it doesn't have to be you. If there's got to be bloodshed, it doesn't have to be your blood. And God said, I'm going to come up with salvation for my people. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and give him praise here tonight. Come on, I'm just preaching some theology to you here tonight. I know that sometimes we come to the altar and we think we just we just got filled with the Holy Ghost and there was nothing to it. But I want to tell you there was a whole lot that went into you getting saved. Somebody ought to give him praise tonight. That plan involved, involved a substitute taking the punishment of death for God's creation. Amen, that substitute... Amen. He tried and, and he was instituting the blood sacrifice when he slew an animal. Amen. He took that animal and said, Adam and Eve, I'm going to use my mercy. And mercy is nothing more than withholding that which you deserve. You deserve death, but I'm going to withhold death from you. And so he gave them mercy. But yet there was not grace. Grace is unmerited favor. It was not in operation in that moment. Amen. He, he, he started the process of letting man know that if there is sin, there must be death. For the Bible would declare that the wages or the payment of sin is death. Leviticus 17.11 tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. Amen. That in the very essence of our blood that runs through our veins, God said that's where life is. Amen. That's that life-giving flow that runs through your body that's called blood. He said there's got to be a shedding of blood for there to be remission. And so the Old Testament starts and they sacrifice animal after animal after animal. But the Bible is declaring that it's nothing more than a type and a shadow of good things that is to come. What good could come out of the death of so many animals? What good is there? What hope is there in the midst of such what seems like a pagan ritual? Amen. It's the fact that one day Jesus Christ was going to be born of a virgin. Take upon, amen, that immortality would take on mortality. A God that did not have flesh, a God that did not have bones or blood would take upon him the form of a servant in the likeness of sinful flesh. Amen. Flesh that had bone, flesh that had a man, flesh that had skin and flesh that had blood but it wasn't going to be just any old blood, it was going to be precious blood, it wasn't just going to be the blood that you and I got from Adam, but there was going to be blood that came from him 
All of us have sinned and all of us deserve death in Adam. Amen. All of our blood's been tainted by Adam. But the solution came. Amen. God saved us, the Bible says, with his own blood. Amen. When he realized our blood was tainted. Amen. He said, I'm going to bring forth blood that's not tainted. Amen. When he realized that there was a disease in the system, he said, I'm going to come from outside the system. And amen, the Bible would declare that Jesus sanctified the people with his own blood. I want to preach to somebody that you didn't get saved based on who you're related to or who you're not related to. I want to tell you that salvation did not come through your bloodline. Salvation came through his bloodline. Somebody ought to shout and give him praise here tonight. Amen. That Jesus saved us from his bloodline. Amen. Amen. Science teaches us that we, we we that our blood is completely unique from that of our parents. Amen. But yet it takes the DNA. Amen. From both mother and father. Amen. To, to create a child. Amen. And we find. Amen. Through 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 this simple act of science that we have on his mother's side. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus was related all the way back to Adam. Amen. The Bible tells us of a few folks that Jesus is related to on his mother's side. He's related to Adam, the first man that disobeyed, and that would include Eve's wife. We learn that he's related to Abraham, Abraham who sinned and disobeyed God, amen, by producing an Ishmael, amen. We find out that Jesus is related to a man by the name of Jacob, who was a liar, a cheater, and a thief on his mother's side. We find that he's related, amen, to Judah and a woman by the name of Tamar that played the heart. Amen. Jesus is related. Did you know that? The Bible would declare in Matthew chapter 1 that Jesus was related to a woman that was a harlot by the name of Rahab. Did you know that your Savior was related to a harlot? The Bible says that he was related to a woman by the name of Ruth that was a Moabitess. She wasn't even part of the children of God. And the Bible would declare that Ruth and Boaz produce a child by the name of Jesse. And Jesse produce a child by the name of David and David sinned with a woman by the name of Bathsheba amen and she produced and they produced a son by the name of Solomon what am I trying to get through to you that on his mother's side the Bible says he was tempted in all points like as we are but yet God redeemed the entire bloodline when he said I'm going to insert my own blood I'm going to redeem the entire bloodline all the way back to Adam. What did I come to preach? It was the precious blood of Christ that said, I know you were part of the Adam's family, but I'm about to make you part of the Jesus family. Somebody ought to shout and give him praise. I know you might have been related to the Jones family when you got baptized, but now you're related to the Jesus Christ family. I know you were in the hood family and maybe in the hood, but now you're related to Jesus. Somebody ought to shout and give him praise tonight. It was the precious blood. It was his own blood. He purchased the church. He purchased your salvation. I'm going to just preach for a few more moments here tonight. Second Chronicles 7 and 4. I want to talk about how precious, how important this blood is. Amen, because on all of his mother's side, there's all these mistakes. But ain't no mistakes on his father's side. 
That's why on his mother's side he got hungry, but on his father's side he said, I'm the bread of life. On his mother's side he said, I got thirsty, but on his father's side, amen, he could say, I'm the living water and I'm the well of salvation. Amen. I want you to know that on his on his mother's side he could die for our sins, but on his father's side he'd tell a woman, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7 and 4 uh, that Solomon decided to, to sacrifice, uh, amen, at the opening of the temple. And he got together a sacrifice of 22,000 oxen uh, and 120,000 sheep. Uh, and all in one day as they sang praises to God and they worshiped God, uh, they sacrificed and slew every single one of those animals. Uh, amen. I, I looked it up uh, and there's about 15 gallons of blood in just one ox. There's about 8 to 10 gallons in just one sheep. That means that there was 330,000 gallons of blood in and the oxen that were slew in one day. This is not taking the whole Old Testament sacrificial system. This is one day. And the Bible would declare that there was 120,000 sheep. That's close to a million gallons of blood. That's about 1.3 million gallons of blood. Enough to fill up at least two Olympic-sized swimming pools, all the blood that was shed in just one day. And Hebrews 10 and 4 declares that it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. You take the Old Testament and one day of sacrifices, two entire Olympic swimming pools full of blood, and it wasn't possible that it took away your sin. But all it took was one drop of a man from Galilee by the name of Jesus and he washed all your sins away all it took was one drop of the blood of can I preach some theology all it took was one drop of the precious blood of Christ and he set us free can I preach it? He didn't just give one drop. He gave all 13 gallons of blood so that you and I don't have to be addicted anymore. So that you and I can be free of shame and guilt. So that you and I can walk liberated. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, let's clap our hands. Come on, not redeemed with corruptible things, not redeemed with decaying things, not redeemed with perishable things, but redeemed with the precious, the invaluable, incalculable blood of Jesus. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Let's stand across the building and lift up our hands. I didn't come to preach for a very long time. I just came to minister and to remind you that you are blood-bought and you are blood-washed and not in some old decaying blood of bulls and goats, but by the precious blood of Jesus. Somebody pray in this house. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give him praise. Come on, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Somebody ought to worship him here tonight. 
I know we shout about blessings, but can you shout about the blood? I know we shout about the devil being defeated, but can you shout about the blood? Can we shout about his bloodline? Amen. Infiltrating your bloodline. Can we shout about the blood transfusion of Calvary that so changed you and changed me into what he's called us to be? I want to tell us a few things, and then we're going to pray. That blood, I want to tell you a few things that it did. First and foremost, that blood redeemed us. Somebody say redeemed. The Bible says that in Ephesians 1 and 7 that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Amen. The Bible says it it was with his own blood. He didn't send somebody else. Don't let anybody lie to you or tell you that it was a second part of God, a piece of God. He said, I'm I'm not going to send anybody else. Amen. The Bible says that God became, amen, that, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It was his own blood. The Bible would declare that he reconciled us to God. Everybody say reconciled. It means when we were at a distance and at odds of God, we were separated, as they sang today, that great chasm between us. Amen. He, he bridged the gap by his own blood. Amen. Everybody say the word ransom. He paid our ransom. God, God ransomed our lives. Amen. And paid it all. It was something that cost you and I nothing, but it cost him everything. He washed away our sins. Everybody say washed away my sins. The Bible says if we are living in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It washes us from all sin. Everybody say forgiveness. Forgiveness. Amen. I want you to know that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There's no remission. But Jesus saved us with his blood and he forgave us. Even when you can't forgive yourself, I want to remind you, don't let condemnation take over. He already forgave you. Everybody say freedom. And the Bible would declare uh, that he freed us uh, through his blood, freed us from sin, freed us from shame, freed us from guilt. The Bible would declare us, uh, amen, that all glory goes to him who loves us, uh, who freed us from our sins uh, by shedding his blood for us. Everybody say justification. He justifies us. The Bible would declare that we have been justified by his blood. Where we were not just before, his blood made us just. Everybody say cleansed us. The Bible declares that he cleansed us from a guilty conscience. Hebrews 12 and 24 declares that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel. The blood of Abel cried out from the ground, and it cried out for vengeance. But when Jesus died, he cried out and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Can I preach to you that the blood of Jesus, when it looks at your life, it doesn't speak what the devil speaks, and it doesn't speak what your past speaks, but it speaks of better thing everybody say sanctification holiness the Bible says Jesus suffered outside the gate in order that he might sanctify the people in his own blood opening up the way to the presence of God the Bible declares amen that we are we were once afar off but now we've been made nigh by the blood of Christ everybody say peace how many wants peace tonight The Bible says he made peace through his blood 
on the cross. You and I, who at one point were enemies of God, he brought peace. Everybody say purchased. The Bible didn't say he got a church on discount. He didn't get the church at a buy one, get one free. He didn't get the church, amen, 20 or 30% off. Amen. But the Bible says, as our opening text, that he purchased the church with his own blood. And the church is not a building. The church is a person and the church is people. If you are standing here today, you are purchased. And finally, everybody say overcomers. Revelations 12 and 11. This ought to make somebody shout. And they overcame him, speaking of the enemy. By how much money you do or do not have. Nope. By who you were related to. Nope. By how good you were this week. Nope. Amen. I know there's people right now, you are struggling right here. The Bible says they overcame him uh, by the blood. By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony that would simply declare, had it not been for the blood of Jesus, I wouldn't be standing here today. I just came to remind us that you and I were redeemed by the precious, powerful blood of Jesus. I would open up this altar. Would you come right now? You might need forgiveness. It's here tonight. You might need deliverance. It's here tonight. You might need to overcome. It's here tonight. You might have a guilty conscience. It can be washed tonight. You might have turmoil or no peace. You let the blood of Jesus in. You might have left and let go of holiness and sanctification, but God can cleanse you and make you whole. You might be here today and you feel like you are guilty, amen, of everything you've done wrong, but tonight, he can make you just you might be bound up but he can free you right now you might be feeling unforgiven but he can forgive you right now he can wash your sins away come on somebody pray right now as they sing in Jesus name come on somebody pray right now
precious blood of Jesus bought it bought his church that's why I'm so grateful to be in church to be a part of his church is anybody thankful to be part of his church and what he purchased he's going to take care of He's going to make sure he takes care of his people and takes care of his church. But some people forget that they were bought with a price. And they are not their own. And so they view themselves lower than they should. It's it's really reverse pride to think lower of oneself. But if you ever could imagine... If God himself saw his own blood as precious. You know what the story of the gospel really is? Jesus tells about it. A man finding a treasure in a field. I've said this before. I'll say it a million more times. He sells everything he has to buy the whole field. The stumps, the rocks, the good, the bad, and the treasure. We always put ourselves in the position that you need to sell out, right? We're the person that's got to sell it. But Jesus is the one that sold it all. And he came down to your life and my life. And there was somebody that had the deed. The adversary, the devil. And he said, I'll give you everything for that plot of land right there. Which means as precious as his blood was, he views you and I as more precious. So don't ever let your conscience, your guilt, any of those things, don't let the devil ever come by and tell you you're worthless. You just got to remember how much it cost Jesus. And if it would have just been one of us, I believe he would have sacrificed it all. But he knew that 2,000 plus years later, there's going to be a more precious people. Amen. A movable, precious church. Amen. In Carson City, Nevada, full of people that have been washed in the blood. Would you lift up your hands one more time as we sing? We're going to sing about the blood one more time. But I want you to pray and rebuke every lie of the adversary. He said, I'm selling it all. Amen. That I might purchase that person with all their flaws, with all their stumps, and with all of the weeds in their life. Because I see something in them. Give God it praise tonight. Come on, let's praise Him. To the high. 
highest mountain. Come on, and it flows. And it flows to the lowest Come on, you might feel low right valley. now, but that blood can reach you. The blood that gives me strength from death. and give God praise. Hallelujah. Somebody give a shout and a hand clap. Thank Him for the blood. Thank Him for the sacrifice. Thank Him for His love. Thank Him for His mercy. It's stuff like that. See, some people get in the, they get in the rut of just shouting. But what you heard tonight, what you worship with tonight, ought to give every one of us a reason to shout. We don't shout at Apostolic Revival Center because it's our custom. We shout because we know, had it not been for the blood of Jesus, we shout because if it was not for what God did in our lives, we might not even be alive today. So excuse me if I lift my hands a little too high for some folk. And excuse me if I clap a little too loud or dance a little too wild. It was precious. Somebody ought to shout and give him praise, high praise, the precious blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It's going to be in the house, Lord. Why don't you take a few moments, fist bump somebody, give them a handshake, high five. Amen. Let's come back to the house, Lord, on Saturday night for prayer. Invite somebody. Tell somebody about the blood of Jesus this week. Amen. We love y'all. Glad to be home in Jesus' name. God bless you.